I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome back, guys, to WrestleRant Radio here today for August 4th, 2015. I am the one, the only, Graham Giusa Matthews, and what a crazy week it has been. We're talking all about it here today on the show. Uh, but before we get started, though, I do want to mention this. If you hear uh, a fan on in the background, i got to leave it on. Usually I like to have that top-tier, awesome quality for my audio, talking to my Yeti microphone, but i got to leave the fan on in the background. You might not even be able to hear it, but... If you can, in between the brief pauses, it's because I do have a fan in the background. I apologize, but it is hot as all hell in this room right now. And that's not even the worst of it. I went camping over the weekend. Actually, it was a crazy weekend, like I told you. Friday, it all really started. The shit went down. Roddy Piper passed away. I could not have been any more shocked. I'll tell you the story right now. I'll get into it a little bit more in a little bit when we talk more in depth of Roddy Piper's... Pi- uh, that's a that's a tongue twister. Roddy Rowdy, Rowdy Roddy Piper's passing. <laughs> that that is certainly a tongue twister. But I was at work actually when the news broke. Um, I went into work around four o'clock. I was busy all that day, just kind of getting stuff ready because I knew I wasn't going to be around like for the next couple of days. And I'll get into the the reason why in a couple seconds, in a couple minutes. But I was at work from four to eleven, and I took my break around I don't know six forty-five or something like that. And I grabbed my phone. I, I don't usually check my phone during work, but I you, I sometimes do when I'm on break. So I grabbed my phone, opened it, and I had a few messages like, so-and-so's birthday is today, like from Facebook. Like, I don't give a shit about that stuff. Why do I even get notifications? Why do you get notifications when it's someone's birthday? Is, it, is there a way to turn that kind of stuff off? You know, I get notifications from Twitter. Like, God, I love Twitter. Sometimes it could be a bitch, but sometimes I get notifications from Twitter saying that so-and-so are tweeting about so-and-so. Like, I don't care, and I've tried to turn it off, but I can't. But anyway, I got a few notifications like that popping up my phone, text from the uh, whatever person. And then I also got a tweet from one of my followers saying that Rip Rowdy Piper with a um, frowny face. And I was like, what? This is a joke? And I couldn't get on Twitter. My phone was being a bitch. It had to download all these app updates, and I wasn't getting Wi-Fi in my workplace. So I just went on Facebook instead. Couldn't get on the Twitter, so I just went on Facebook. And unfortunately, it did prove to be true. One of the first things in my newsfeed was Roddy Piper, WWE legend, dies unexpectedly at the age of 61 from a from cardiac arrest. And I could not have been any more shocked. Um, you can only imagine on the next couple of hours at work, I mean, I was complete disbelief and it's funny too i mean not really funny i mean it's a very unfortunate situation that wasn't funny but you know i got home i was seeing all seeing all their messages really really got to me seeing how much and i'll you know i'll, I'll get into that in a couple minutes i'll get into all that the roddy piper talk in a couple minutes um but i did bond oddly enough over with over that over the roddy piper passing the next night when i was at work with my manager of all people who I kind of sort of knew as a wrestling fan a few weeks ago when we started talking about some like about Kevin Nash or something like that. Talking about Kevin Nash, Benoit, Scott Hall, Mick Foley, just this random stuff for like five minutes and that was it. We never brought it up again. But from that conversation I could tell that he used to, at least at the very least, used to watch wrestling. And so I brought it up to him, did you hear Roddy Piper died on Saturday night? And for like the next twenty minutes we were just kind of doing laps around the movie theater. That's where I work, my local movie theater. Just talking about being smart, all the shows we've been to, all the people we've met, all this crazy stuff, how long I've been watching, how long he's been watching. He's been watching since 96, I, th- I think he said. He's in like his 30s or something. But it's been it's it's crazy, you know. So we just kind of bonded over that on Saturday night. But, yeah, that was Saturday. I worked Friday, Saturday. We went camping on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. But before we went camping on Sunday night... I was in attendance for a Northeast Wrestling show in Lowell, Mass., Wrestling Under the Stars. Now, anyone who knows me well knows I've been attending Northeast Wrestling shows since May of 2009. My very first ever wrestling show 
was in, I think it was Waterbury, Connecticut. I believe that's where it was. It's where it all started in Waterbury, Connecticut. A show headlined, you know, that also had appearances from Jerry the King Lawler, Velvet Sky headlined by a huge steel cage match with Ron Zombie and Brian Anthony, both guys who are still wrestling to this day for that promotion. I've gone to, I think I counted the other day, 13 Northeast wrestling shows in, in total in the last six years. And I tell you, man, if you if you don't go to indie shows, you're really doing yourself a major disservice. But Northeast wrestling goes above and beyond in bringing out the stars, no pun intended. I mean, the show was called Wrestling Under the Stars, but it was a really a star-to-studded show. Uh, you know, other than the stars that were in the sky that night, we really had some stars in the ring that night as well. Like, at that show, I was able to meet Rey Mysterio, Mick Foley, Matt Hardy, Alberto El Patron, in the Kingdom, Matt Taven, Maria, and Michael Bennett, and of course, Samoa Joe, and it was amazing. The show itself was really, really good. If not one of, then definitely the best indie show, or Northeast Wrestling Show, rather, that I've ever been to. So much fun on Sunday night. Like I said, when camping on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday, my internet was all shit, so I couldn't watch Raw. I watched like the first few minutes. I tried live streaming it. But it was just so bad, I turned it off and hung out for a while. I came back to my cabin later on that night around like midnight, and I watched They Live with Roddy Roddy Piper with my brother as, you know, in, in kind of tribute to Roddy. Um, I was planning on watching that at some point anyway, after I kind of read up on it about a year or so ago, writing an article for What Culture. But of course, after the recent events, I thought it was only fitting to do it. Um, this past week, and I already had it loaded up on my computer too, but it's not like, you know, I had to go through the shitty internet, I already actually had it loaded up on my computer from Saturday, and I kept the tab open for days, and I finally watched it on Monday night, and it was a really good movie, I mean, I'm not going to give my full thoughts on it here, I'll probably write a review on it, um, for the website, nextdoorwrestling.net, for the director's cut blog, which I usually talk about movies, whether it be wrestling documentaries, or movies I've seen in the theaters, or just movies I've watched in general, um, a complete 180 from another old classic that I, I have not seen in a long time. I, I had never seen They Live before, a great sci-fi flick. I had actually not seen this movie in a long time. was Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain, which was, I think, rated amongst the worst movies of all time. And it is such a terrible movie. It's so corny. It's so stupid. But I hadn't seen that movie in, in so long. I watched it. Um, you know, just relentlessly as a kid, I thought it was like the greatest thing ever. And that was kind of me as a wrestling fan before I became a wrestling fan. Like I was a fan of Hulk Hogan long before I ever knew what wrestling was just because of his appearance in that movie. And I watched that back on Thursday night, you know, right before the Roddy Piper passing. And that's not like he's in that movie, but I just wanted to know I watched that movie too. I'm so off track here, but yeah, the Northeast wrestling show is great. Um, I finally, well, well, my point was about the about the internet thing on Monday was that I finally watched Raw this morning, Tuesday morning as I record this, so I will be talking about that here today. In the Northeast Wrestling Show, I will not be giving a full review of because I kind of want to talk about the people that I went with, uh, my two brothers and my father, which I thought would be a pretty cool perspective. I think it'd be kind of pointless if I talked about it here on today's episode and then repeated it next week. Like, if I can get it done, if I can record the podcast with them, that's awesome, and it will be up next week. I'm hopefully going to do it tomorrow. When we, can get, when we can get all of us in the same place at the same time. So um, if we're going to be doing that, it's going to be next week. And if it doesn't happen, I'll just talk about the show in full next week. And I don't think we have enough time for it this week anyway. There's so much going on with the Roddy Piper stuff. And then Ultima Lucha is tomorrow. I'm so freaking psyched for that. Ult, Ult, um, Lucha Underground. I talked about this on the YouTube channel in the random video blog they put up on Fridays. Lucha Underground is probably my favorite wrestling promotion to watch. On a weekly basis. It's amazing how great that wrestling show is. I mean, it's not really that amazing in, in terms of in terms of how great it is. It really comes at this point no surprise. Because I loved it from the very first episode. I was willing to give it a chance. And then you fast forward eight months later, nine months, not even ten months later. I started watching it, I think, on Halloween. It debuted on that Wednesday, the 29th. But I think we lost power. That Monday, that Wednesday, we lost power. We didn't have any power for Thursday night either. So I finally got around to watching that Friday, right before I went out into Salem on Halloween night. And I thought it was the greatest thing ever. I thought it was awesome. So I started watching on a weekly basis. And now here we are, 10 months later. I'm still watching. I watched every single episode. And I cannot wait for part two of Ultima Lucha tomorrow night. So uh, by the time you listen to this, it might be Wednesday night. Ultima Lucha already happened. It may have already happened. Um, you may listen, you may be listening to this on Thursday or Friday or at a later point. 
And if so, you can always skip over that part of the episode here today. Um, because my predictions will be irrelevant. But you can still get my thoughts on each match and how much I love Lucha Underground. It's such a great show week to week. And hopefully we can get a season two before long. Um, but yeah, that's about it. That was kind of my, like my first, my last like four or five days in a nutshell. It's been a crazy week. It's been a crazy, crazy week. And I'm so glad it's kind of, uh, it's not even slowing down. I mean, I just got home a couple hours ago. I watched Tough Enough. I watched, which was better this week. It was not great, but it was certainly better. I watched Total Divas and here we are. I'm recording this episode right here, right now. So like I said, I, I thought it'd be pretty fitting. I mean, it's probably the only way to open the show, uh, formally open the show. I kind of already talked, <laughs> you know, rambled on for the last 10 minutes. But the, re- the first real topic that I would like to talk about here in- on the show today is the passing, very unexpected passing, mind you, of Rowdy Roddy Piper dying at the age of 61 this past Friday night, July 31st, 2015, by way of a cardiac arrest, a heart attack. And it's you know, the, the losing legend, and I've said this, you know, in multiple posts on, you know, uh, on my Raw review here on the website, which should be up soon. I know it's been very delayed, but like I said, it's just been so busy in the last couple of days. So it's on, I, I said it on Facebook, said it on Twitter, but said it in video blogs, but it never gets any easier. You know, in the time that I've been a wrestling fan since 2008, we've lost a lot of legends, not on a, 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 not like a, a crazy amount, but a handful, a lot of notable names that, you know, we've lost a lot of wrestlers, but there's been a lot too that I've been, you know, I wasn't a fan during their heyday, like Roddy Piper or Dusty Rhodes or an Ultimate Warrior, but I have been around long enough, especially an Ultimate Warrior who I talked about at that time, you know, who was such an inspirational icon of mine, but like a Dusty Rhodes or a Roddy Piper, uh, Roddy Piper, excuse me, especially guys who have been making consistent appearances on WWE TV for the last... X amount of years, you know, even after, long after they retired from the ring 10, 15 years ago, they've been making appearances on WWE TV as legends for years, you know, they feel like, it's so crazy, it's amazing to see the connection that fans have with certain wrestlers, myself included, just wrestling fans in general, and it goes back to the video blog I did about um, a couple weeks ago for the YouTube channel on one of those random video blog things. Um, where I talked about how wrestling has the greatest fan base in the world, and I thoroughly believe that. I firmly believe that we do have the greatest fan base in the world, especially, you know, when, like, an athlete passes away for any other sport. I can't really say. I hate to compare. But it's like, oh, that's really unfortunate. It does happen for wrestling fans, too. But, you know, when you open Raw with, like, a video package, you would think, like, oh, after the after the passing of Dusty, you know, people are kind of, like, numb to this kind of thing now. No, not at all. Absolutely not. There were there was not a dry eye in the house when that video package aired on Monday night. I, got, I found myself getting emotional just watching the video package they did to Roddy with a great song. WWE is always top-notch when, they come to, when it comes to their um, video packages in general, but specifically for when someone passes away. The Ultimate Warrior one... Balled my eyes out for that one. The Dusty Rhodes one, balled my eyes out for that one. Roddy Piper one, I was in public when I watched it, so I could not ball my eyes out, but I did get a little um, watery-eyed when I did watch it on Monday night. It was so well done, you know, especially the 10 Bell Salute, which they did do at the Northeast Wrestling Show, which was not surprising. I expected something like that, but it was so great to see, you know, all these fans and all these promotions and how well... No, not even well-known, but just how well-liked this guy was. His world-renowned icon, not even for wrestling, but just a pop culture icon. I can't tell you the amount of texts and messages and, and Facebook likes that I got on, on posts that I put up on, on Facebook and Twitter from people that I know don't watch anymore, much less watched at all, you know? Um, I put up a post on my personal Facebook page, as, as well as, my, as uh, on, the, on my fan page, Graham Jason Matthews, which you can like at facebook.com backslash I'm sure this is not the time to be plugging that. And of course it's not. Very um, very tasteless of me, I apologize. But going back to what I was saying, I put up a post on my personal Facebook on Saturday, I think it was, paying tribute to Roddy Piper, um, as they usually do when a legend passes away, like the Warrior or Dusty Rhodes. I always do it. And I got a number of likes from people that I know for a fact don't watch these days, or I've never watched at all, and it really goes to show how much, you know, how impactful a guy like Roddy Piper, the impact this guy has had, 
on not only wrestling fans of today, but of yesteryear and just people that have never, ever watched. You know, it's, it's amazing. Like I talked about before, when I was at work and I got the text, I was just sitting there in shock. Like, wow, we lost another one. This is, it's surreal. You know, it's just, wow. Um, you know, only, what, six months, six weeks removed. Not even six months, six weeks removed from the shocking passing of Dusty Rhodes. Who was sick? I mean, people, I mean, Jim Ross came out and said, you know, I kind of already knew beforehand he was not well. They didn't know he was going to pass away, um, albeit. But, I mean, they kind of had that premonition that he was not doing well as, as well as he once was. Roddy Piper, you never really got that feeling. The guy made a media appearance to talk about the Hulk Hogan fiasco um, about a week or so ago on, I forgot what it was, maybe something for ESPN, but he was really all over the place, typical Roddy Piper. But he didn't really look like he was on the verge of having uh, of having a heart attack. You know, it really was just something that came out of the blue. And, you know, you watch these guys growing up or, you know, I watched him growing up too, but in a different way than someone that's been watching since the 80s or the 90s. I watched him growing up making appearances on, oh my God, Santino's segment. I think that was one of the first memories that I have as a wrestling fan. Interestingly enough, when was when um, they did the whole Santino Morella, Cousin Sal, Roddy Piper angle, where Roddy Piper was feuding with Santino on TV. So, and they had Roddy Piper make an appearance on Jimmy Fallon and Santino too, and they brought in Cousin Sal to have a match with Santino. I remember that. The Piper's Pit segments that he's done over the years with the likes of John Cena. Um, the one before Survivor Series 21, uh, 21, <laughs> before Survivor Series 2010 sticks out in my mind as being one of the best in years. Um, that one, the one that we got, a very underrated Piper's Pit. You know, a lot of people talk about the one before Survivor Series 2010 where he said, where if you help Wade Barrett win that WWE title, you will be spitting in the face of everyone that has not only held that championship, but of everyone that has never that has never held that title. People like me, Rowdy Roddy Piper. And that was amazing. That was a great show too. But you go, you fast forward about a year later on the Raw, I think it was after Survivor Series of 2011. They didn't really, they weren't really doing anything with John Cena and they were just kind of beginning to build him and Rock at WrestleMania. So they brought in Piper to kind of bring the best out of Cena and he absolutely did. And that was an amazing segment too. And I have not heard a lot of people praise that as much as they should. So if you, if you don't even know what I'm talking about, go out of your way to check out that one segment. That was phenomenal. Like I said, I'm not, I can't talk about the greatest Piper matches and moments of all time. I have not been watching that long. I mean, I can suggest that you go watch his old WrestleMania matches or the Goldust match, the the, uh, the the parking lot brawl or the Hollywood lot brawl from WrestleMania 12, like stuff like that. I mean, I watched on the network and I had so much fun watching it, so enjoyable. But I'm only speaking from the stuff that I know of him from what I've been watching as a fan since 2008. I can only really go off the memories that I have of him. Um, I think the last WWE appearance that he made was, I want to say, on the Christmas episode of Raw this past year, um, or late last year, rather. I think it was a segment with Lana and Rusev, and then Ryback came down, so it was kind of short-lived, but it was short and sweet. He did Piper's Pit segments with um, The Miz, I remember, on multiple occasions, with Jericho, Wade Barrett. Um, so many guys over the years. I know he did one before WrestleMania last year, which is really amazing to look back on. I've used that word amazing so many times so far in this podcast, but, um, at WrestleMania 30, when they, I, I'm so glad they were able to do that now in retrospect, thinking about, um, now that Piper is gone, they were able to do that. Um, that little backstage segment, which was so underrated. I mean, it was right after, I think it almost, I think it actually took place immediately after the streak was broken. So people either didn't really notice or really care for that matter, um, but it was a reuniting of the all the combatants, all the four participants in the WrestleMania One main event. Poor Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful, Hulk Hogan. I can't speak tonight. Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful, Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, and Mr. T. And that was only 24 hours removed after Mr. T was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, and they all kind of made uh, you know made amends on that night and. Hugged it out backstage. It was a great moment, you know, especially 30 years removed. We are, you know, it's 2015. 30 years removed from the very first WrestleMania main event. And, you know, one of the guys that participated in that match has passed away. It wasn't Hogan. It wasn't Orndorff. It wasn't even Mr. T. It was Roddy Piper, someone that you would that you grow up watching and you think is never going to ever go away. And, you know, I talk about all these Piper's Pit segments and my favorite moments and matches of his. 
that I've either seen in the network or have been a fan of, you know, since 08 and have just kind of witnessed firsthand as a fan. But it's funny. I think my favorite moments of Piper go beyond stuff that I was watching on WWE TV. Ooh, the earliest memory of Piper I think I have would have to be the um, the the appearance he made on Walker, Texas Ranger of all shows. And I've talked about that before. That was a show that my grandfather, who has also since passed on, got me into when I was in like sixth grade. I think even before that, long before that, maybe when I was in fifth grade. I, I think it was sixth grade when I was in middle school. And I was watching that show nonstop. The entire USA Network I loved, but that show in particular I loved so much in my middle school days. And one of the first, uh, probably my very first exposure to Roddy Piper was on an episode of Walker, Texas Ranger, along with Hulk Hogan too. I'm pretty sure I already knew who Hulk Hogan was at that period in time. Um, As they mentioned before from his appearance in um, his starring role in in, um, Three Ninjas, uh, the High Noon and Mega Mountain movie from uh, 1998, which was a disaster, like I said. But Roddy Piper um, guest starred in one of those episodes. Oh, man, I think I remember watching it, too. And he had a son, and he got in some trouble, which was like the premise for every Walker, Texas Ranger episode. I'm really going to have to go back and watch it. It was a really good episode. That entire show was so underrated and so fucking great. But he had a starring role in one of those episodes, and that was great. And then I watched him in an episode... By this point, I already knew who he was, and that was before I became a wrestling fan. Um, but as a wrestling fan in the last couple of years, what I've seen him on and my favorite moments of him, my favorite memories, rather, uh, of Rowdy Roddy Piper, would have to be on Legend's House. Undoubtedly, I loved him on Legend's House. That whole show is so, so good. I was thinking about that you know, even before Rowdy Piper passed away that I want to watch that show back. Such a great show, and it really made me tear up just watching the, like the final few episodes where everyone was just kind of coming out with some dark secrets, and Roddy Piper was kind of like the outcast of the group, and he was walking away. And it's really crazy. I don't think I said this like publicly on Twitter, but I was thinking about it. I know people have said it before that, you know, WWE they waited so long to put that show available, like make like make it public, because that show, mind you, was was filmed, I believe, back in like the, the winter of 2012, three years ago. It took two years. For it to finally be made public, you know, um, it was right after the WWE Network was quote unquote announced, and they thought they had a, a scheduled release date set for like WrestleMania that year or late 2012, and of course, it never really came to fruition until two years later in early 2014. But you look at everyone that was on that show, and God forbid, no one passed away up until Roddy Piper. But you had guys like Hacksaw. Mean Gene Okerlund, Pat Patterson, um, Tony Atlas, who I've also had the pleasure of meeting. Hacksaw, I met, you know, he's in my Twitter profile pic. I met, I met him two months ago at Legends of Wrestling, a great soul. And everyone that was on that show, and you're like, wow, you, like you would think they would, I mean, I know they were waiting for the network, but, I mean, I honest to God, I hate to say it, but any one of those guys could have passed away at any time before that show even made the airwaves. It would have made it that much harder to watch that show if one of those guys passed away before it was made public. You know, they're all elderly gentlemen. I know they're only in their 60s or 70s, but Roddy Piper was 61 when he passed away. This is wrestling, I know. I hate to say it, but there was a lot of, you know, steroids and a lot of health issues back in the 80s when people, when a lot of these guys were, you know, in their heyday, when a lot of those stuff, you know, like the Warrior and Dusty Rhodes, I don't know what... Dusty Rhodes had another issue, but especially the Warrior, the steroids caught up with him and you know caused him to pass away abruptly and a lot sooner than he should have. But um, you know, still just kind of thinking back on it, that was a great show too. I would strongly recommend you watch that on the WWE Network. I you know praised it a lot you know here on the show when um, it first debuted. RJ and I would talk about it every single episode. I really love that. I'm probably gonna watch it back now. It's gonna be a lot harder knowing that Roddy Piper passed away, but that was a really good show. And if they waited any longer, if they waited a year or two later, then, you know, Roddy Piper would be gone and it would... I don't know if it ever would have aired. It probably would have, but it would have been so difficult to watch knowing how, um, you know, knowing what we know today that Roddy Piper has since passed. But Legend's House, I loved him on. Wife Swap, which is a really weird thing to um, bring up. But yeah, I watched an episode of that show. Oh, man. I, I know the exact date, too. I recorded it. I don't know what day it aired. I, I'm pretty sure it aired... 
maybe that Sunday night or something like that, but I recorded it and I watched it back on Monday, July 1st, 2013. Don't ask me how I remember that. I just do. And I watched it back like hours before Raw. Was it a great show? I mean, I don't know if it was a great show. I don't even know if I was entertained by it, but it was a Weiss Swap episode featuring Roddy Piper and Ric Flair. And it was interesting. I mean, I don't know if it was entertaining, but it was certainly interesting. I know a lot of those shows are. I know a lot of those shows are scripted and fake, much like wrestling. But you know, reality TV is reality TV. That's no secret. But you know, um, it was interesting to kind of take a look in, take a peek at the family life of not only Roddy Piper but uh, of Ric Flair too, who was very well known for his high life. You know, um, you know the living at Space Mountain and all, you know, all this other kind of stuff, and uh, jet-stealing, high-flying, you know, all that kind of stuff that, that Ric Flair is known for really translates beyond his character in the ring. You know, it really goes beyond his in-ring persona. It goes all the way to his um, real life as a human being outside of that ring. And you can see that in, in the cracks within his family and all the wives that he's had and his relationship with his kids and his stepkids and his... And their relationship with his stepwife and all this other kind of stuff and his, and his shopping habits. And then, um, of course, the show was, was fixated on, on the wives of both guys. Obviously, celebrity, celebrity wife swap. But it was still interesting to look at how they responded to all this kind of stuff. And Roddy Piper kind of living in, quote-unquote, the middle of nowhere. Kind of living a, a quiet life with his kids. And that's another episode. I don't know if I can ever really re-watch or at least any point in, in the near future, knowing how much he loved his kids. And um, I think it might have been Jerrica who mentioned that in a recent post um, when all the wrestlers were talking about their favorite memories of, of Hot Rod o- over on Friday, over on the weekend. And um, he said how he was such a family man and stuff like that. And... Um, so that, that episode really stood out to me as one of my favorite memories of Hot Rod, and probably my favorite, in addition to Legends House and Walker, Texas Ranger, and Celebrity Wife Swap, like you said. Moreover than all of those things, the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is a great show, but I don't watch it. Not a knock on the show, I just don't watch TV at all, really, besides Raw and SmackDown, whatever. Other than wrestling and shit, I don't really watch much TV. I watch Baller from time to time, and even then, I'm so backed up on that show, I can't... It's hard to keep up. I recorded it all, but it's so hard to keep up from episode to episode. But anyway, the point is that I don't watch TV. So I don't watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, although I know it's a great show. Um, But we go back to 4th of July, almost exactly two years before I watched the Celebrity Wife Swap episode featuring Roddy Piper. Um, Yeah, almost exactly. It was 4th of July, Monday. I was in on vacation in Jersey Shore, and I raced back on the boardwalk wanting to watch Raw. I think it was grounded at that period in time, but nothing was going sw- to stop me from watching Raw that night because, of course, it was the week removed from the big pipe bomb. So I had to know what was going to happen next, and I think I missed the first half hour of the show and whatever. And I watched the show. It was your typical holiday episode. It was pretty boring, pretty flat, nothing exciting about it for the most part. But anyway, so the show ends around 11, of course, and I think my mom fell asleep, and I think my brother was still awake, and we were just kind of flipping through the channels in this New Jersey um, hotel room on in Wildwood, of all places, on the Jersey Shore. That's where we were. And I wasn't ready to go to sleep yet, so I was kind of flipping through the channels, and we turned on to an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, what the channel was, I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it was Comedy Central, but an episode comes on, and coincidentally enough, we, we turn on the episode, and not knowing it's wrestling-related, because it's not like we had TV listings. We were just kind of turning it on and seeing what, what, it, what was on, and that show was on. It was the episode, I don't know if it aired, like the, the new episode was that night, or when it was from, or wherever, or when it initially aired, but it was the wrestling event for the troops episode or whatever it was called wrestle for the troops and roddy piper starred in that episode not as himself but like a kind of broken down stereotypical wrestler who has issues kind of like the wrestler in the wrestler mickey rourke's character in that movie kind of like that and the characters from the show they enlist roddy piper the, his character's help to put on a wrestling show kind of self-explanatory for the troops and he eventually gets arrested from by the cops or whatever, so they have to put on the show themselves. 
and they have, they go find some homeless guy or buggy or whatever his name is. I don't watch the show, like I said. But they get his help, and they put on some wrestling show, and they pretend to be terrorists or whatever. They do this elaborate bird entrance, and the crowd is so dead for it. And I, I oh god, I don't know what his name is. A lot of people are gonna give me shit for it, but it's the guy who voices Phil from Hercules, that short guy, that short little stubby guy with the glasses. He's so funny on that show. But he comes out at the end after all the wrestlers in the ring, all the troops are surrounding the ring, and they put on this match, and everyone's down and out, and. The homeless guy who kind of takes over his character and owns it as this terrorist, um, he takes out the bird men. He's the last man standing in the ring. They're like, stop it. You got sand in our eyes. We can't see anything. But he, he thinks it's real, and he just kicks everyone's asses. And then out comes, I don't know the character's name. I don't even know his name, but that character, the short, stubby guy, um, the voice of Phil from Hercules, he comes out with a trash can on in a singlet, which they kind of alluded to earlier on in the episode, because he wanted to be the trash man who eats trash, and then he barfed after after eating the garbage. So he comes out and takes out the homeless guy. He was like, no, stop it, but that didn't stop him. He beat the shit out of him. And they get the they get this pan view from the camera around the ring of all these guys just lying down. And everyone's down and out, and all you see is this guy, and he's just standing there in the singlet, the, the trash man, and he slowly raises his hand as Real American starts playing, and the crowd goes crazy. It's the greatest thing, man. I love that episode so much. I watched it back, um, I think on DVR for the last couple of years. I couldn't watch it for the 4th of July this year. I couldn't find it on. But I watched it back in 2013, 2014. It's such a great episode. And that most of the episode doesn't even have to do with Hot Rob, but he did star in that episode, and it's just... Again, one of my favorite memories of him, he was a great actor, and I love watching him in um, They Live this past weekend, too, for the very first time. A, a great sci-fi flick that I cannot recommend enough. But the bottom line is this, um, you know, all my memories of Hot Rod aside, and, um, you know, it is worth mentioning, too, like I said, it, all, all the sentimental messages. I think, you know, hearing the news is one thing, you're so shocked that you really don't give it enough time to sink in. Like, I wasn't, like, bursting out in tears when I first heard the news. Like, I was really sad, and, and I was like, wow, that's fucked up. Like, that's way too soon. But it was more shock than anything else, but it really doesn't start to sink in until you start reading the messages from the wrestlers. And that really kind of happened with the Dusty Rhodes stuff, too, and the Warrior passing away. Like, you know, the, the look on his daughter's faces when they inducted him in the WWE Hall of Fame killed me watching it back. After he passed away, and Dusty Rhodes, the, the response from his kids, you know, knowing they don't have a father anymore, it's, you know, it beats me up so bad. That's what kills me more than anything else. And that was kind of a similar situation with Hot Rod. Um, his son posted something on Twitter, but the great memories that he gave all these wrestlers and kind of getting them into the business, most notably CM Punk. Now, coincidentally enough, I watched Punk's documentary on DVD. I know it's on the network, too, but I watched his DVD um, the weekend that I got my wisdom teeth out. A lot, not, um, was it last weekend? I think it was two weeks ago. No, was it? I think it was last weekend. I don't even fucking know. I have no idea. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was last weekend. I guess I got my wisdom teeth out on Thursday. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that I started watching it on Friday. The documentary reports, and I watched the... The matches and stuff in the, in the subsequent two days over the next couple days. But then after Roddy Piper passed, it didn't really stick with me. It, it didn't stick with me when I watched it. And I've, I've seen the documentary like three or four times before. This is just, um, I wanted to watch it back because I was in the mood for it. But it didn't, it didn't dawn on me until Piper passed over this past weekend. But Punk mentioned in the documentary that Piper was really the one who got him into wrestling. Like he saw him... As someone that was different, he dresses different. People don't like him. People don't like CM Punk. Um, you know, he dresses differently than everyone else. CM Punk dressed differently than everyone else. He was a great talker. Punk was a great talker. And he virtually saw himself. He's like, wow, I'm Hot Rod. I'm Rowdy Piper. I'm Roddy Piper. And um, he just aspired to be him. And um, like I said, kind of um, going back and seeing that on Twitter when I logged in on Friday night really killed me to see. He put out a tweet saying, you know, it was a pleasure knowing him. Um, it was amazing to be able to know him and even heartbreaking to know that he's since passed on. And then he posted a pic of him and Piper from the episode of Raw, the old school Raw. Actually, weirdly enough, one of Punk's final episodes of Raw before he left the company later on that month. Um, 
the episode of Old School Raw, the first episode of the year from 2014, when the Shield was on Piper's pit and they were going to beat down Roddy Piper and CM Punk and the New Age Outlaws make the save. And Punk, you see, is holding the U.S. title belt, which is not his. It belongs to Dean Ambrose, but he gives it to Piper and he's like, you're the greatest U.S. champion of all time, whatever. And it kind of shared that moment and Punk posted that picture on his Twitter on Friday and that really killed me more than anything. But, um... Still, just seeing stuff like that really, really hurts. But, yeah, the video package, like I said at the start of the podcast, was extraordinarily well done. It was really well done, so two thumbs up to WWE. And Roddy Piper is surely going to be missed. A, a trailblazer, you know, needless to say, a, a trailblazer and a um, such a revolutionary figure in the history of professional wrestling. One of the greatest performers that this business has ever seen and ever will see going forward. I mean, I uh, unfortunately never had the pleasure of meeting him. He was at Northeast Wrestling just a few short months ago, and again, it goes back to what I was saying when Dusty passed away, and I did not have, I did not technically meet Dusty, but I did see him live at a Northeast Wrestling show back in 2010, over five years ago, and I was like within inches of, of meeting him, and I know, you know, John got his signature, he got a picture with him, and it was so awesome um, to see that picture after Dusty passed. But, you know, Roddy Piper, I never had the pleasure of meeting, let alone seeing him live. I never made it to any of the shows that he was at, and he was at a Northeast Wrestling show even back in March. So it goes back to what I was saying, you know, months ago when Dusty passed, that not even someone, one of your idols, but I know I was regretting when Warrior passed, I didn't go to the show that he was at back in 2012, whatever, that not even one of your idols, but meet as many people as you can in the wrestling industry because you never know what's going to happen. Like, I'm so happy I've met guys like Bob Backlund, Rey Mysterio this past week, um, Mick Foley. Like, God forbid anything happens to these guys. I can say I met them. I shared a moment with them. I'm so happy that I, I can say I met these guys. Um, and I was able to tell them how big of a fan I am of all of them. Every single guy I just mentioned and so many more. I've had the distinct honor and privilege of meeting since I, since I became a fan back in 2008. So meet your heroes. Meet your idols before... I hate to get all somber on you, but anything can happen. You really don't want to take that chance. Um, but yeah, like I said, never had the pleasure of meeting Hot Rod. But for what it is worth, though, I did have the pleasure of getting retweeted by him. I know a lot of people got replies by him and stuff like that, which is even better. But um, this was the very least. He retweeted me back in early February. Um, that was like the month where I got the most wrestler favorites and replies and retweets, all this crazy stuff. I've... I've gotten a lot more recently than ever before, but especially that month. There was just something about that month that a lot of people just replied to me and re retweeted me and favored me. It was awesome. But anyway, um, I tweeted out, and I have this calendar sitting in front of me. This day in WWE history. And on the calendar, it said, On this day, the first ever Piper's Pit takes place 31 years ago today. So I thought, wow, that's so cool. So I'm going to take a... I didn't take a picture of it, but I did mention it on Twitter. I said, on this day, 31 years ago, Piper's Pit was born, and it's still to this day the greatest talk show segment of all time. And I tagged him in it. And he retweeted it. He favored it. And like I said, it was so cool to say um, that I had the distinct honor of having that happen to me. Like I said, better than nothing. I wasn't able to meet him, um, unfortunately. But I did have that going for me. So I will hold on, I will hold on to that memory very dearly. But... Going back to what I was saying before, though, Hot Rod, we miss you, baby. We love you. One of the greatest of all time. And hopefully, uh, Owen and Eddie and Warrior, Dusty and Paul Bear and Mae Young and everyone else up there open you, welcome you with open arms in the pearly gates of heaven. And hopefully, we can see you someday soon. Long live the legend of the rowdy one, Hot Rod. So, anyway, a lot of Hot Rod talk. I know that took up kind of most of the episode, but rightfully so. Whenever a legend passes away, I like to pass on. I wanted to take a majority of the episode here today talking about um, the rowdy one and how heaven just got a lot rowdier with his presence. Um, so that was kind of my tribute of sorts to the rowdy one. But moving along here in the final 20 minutes or so that we have left, like I mentioned, Northeast Wrestling, Wrestling Under the Stars review coming hopefully next week if I can't get the people that I want to talk about it with. Um, then I'll just talk about it. I'll just do a one-man review. As I usually do, but I want to kind of spice it up. But if we can't get that done, I'll just talk about it myself on next week's show. Um, there's just so much to talk about on this week's show. But it was a great show, though. Like I said, I had the honor of meeting the likes of 
Matt Hardy, again, who I've already met three times. Mysterio, I met back at a contract signing. Not a con contract signing. I'm getting my wrestling terms too much here. They're getting to my head. Uh, a autograph signing back in 2010. I waited, oh my god, I don't even know how long. Three, four hours in a, a mall that I've never heard of before. <laughs> and that was great. And I got the pleasure of meeting him then. I took a picture of him. I did not get a picture with him, but he did sign my book. His book, he signed it for me when we met him. And that was really cool. Um, and the line to meet him this time was a lot shorter just because the process was so much better and um, as opposed to that giant-ass mall I had to wait in line for for like three hours, which was fucking insane. But he was cool when I talked to him on Sunday. El Patron, Alberto Del Rio, El, Alberto El Patron. Class act, a cool guy, not as friendly as the other wrestlers, but, you know, he was cool, though. Got a picture with him, the former WWE champion. Matt Hardy I already talked about. Always a pleasure being able to talk to him. It was the third time I've met him. I met him back for the first time in 2012. We kept in contact over Twitter over the years, and we met for the second time at a Northeast Wrestling show also last June, and then this was the third time I've come in, in, in contact with him in person um, just this past Sunday. So really cool to take a picture with him and talk to him for a little bit, shoot the WWE breeze, shoot the wrestling breeze, and kind of catch up in general. Um, was able to talk to Mick Foley for a little while. I talked about that. I don't even know if I talked about that here on the show, but I definitely talked about it in my random video blog last week. Or not last week, a couple weeks ago. When I ran into him on vacation, which was pretty cool. Um, we talked about that when I ran into him. When I when I met him again on Sunday. And I got a couple autographs for that worker that I mentioned at the start of the episode who was a diehard wrestling fan. I also talked to him about um, that time where he signed my book back in 2011. I think it was, and that was a phenomenal experience, and he did remember that, and that really meant a lot to me, so it was cool to talk to him for a little bit, and how we met last month for the second time when I was on vacation. Um, should we talk to him? Samoa Joe is probably the coolest guy that I met that day, and if only because I was wearing his shirt. Not a lot of people was were wearing his shirt at the show on Sunday, so that's probably why it stood out to him. But he was so happy that I was wearing a shirt. He was so appreciative that I came out to support and stuff like that. He was he was so chill. So not only did was I was I able to talk to him for a little bit. It was like I'm a huge fan of yours. Mark that so much when you came to NXT. I'm so happy I saw you back in the TNA show in January, whatever. Um, so so cool to talk to you then, or so cool to have been able to meet you. And after we got the picture, which was like pitch black for some reason, it was he was like sitting in the shadows. The picture wasn't phenomenal. Um, the picture with Rey Mysterio probably came out the best by far, but it was still a good picture with Samoa Joe. And as I got up to leave, he signed the back of my Samoa Joe shirt in permanent ink and in, in a Sharpie, which was awesome. And then he gave me a free program with a signature on it, which was even cooler. Um, so Samoa Joe, really awesome dude. Got to talk to Matt Tatum for a little while, who I always shoot the breeze with every single Northeast wrestling show that I attend, and he's there to do autographs. So I got a picture with him, Michael Bennett, in Maria, collectively known as The Kingdom, and kind of talk to him and tell him how much I've been supporting these guys, you know, specifically Matt Taven, to an extent Michael Bennett, but specifically Matt Taven, since we started watching Northeast Wrestling back in 2009. So crazy to see how far they've come, and him individually um, have come since then. But cool to see him, and but yeah, really cool experience. I'll talk about the show next week, and uh, for my full photos from the show, though, I posted all the pictures that I took with the wrestlers on the Facebook page at facebook.com backslash graham.gsim.matthews and a brief little blurb for each guy that I met and a little background story for each guy. Posted all the photos on my personal Facebook as well as on my website, this very website right here where you listen to the show. As Mick Foley would say, right here on nextdayrestling.net. You can go to event photos. I'm going to go down to the very last photo. It's going to be a little picture of me and Rey Mysterio. Click on that picture. It will take you to the full album of all the pictures that I took at the show on Sunday. Not amazing quality, but it's better than nothing. So as I talked about, as I mentioned, I'll be talking about that show, giving a full in-depth report on Northeast Wrestling, Wrestling Under the Stars, um, on next week's edition of WrestleRant Radio. But in the meantime, in the between time, though, I do want to talk about a few things here in the um, final portion of the show. Layla has retired from the WWE. I've always been a Layla fan, you know, kind of dating back to her days. Not, not even in, um, I liked her in, in Lake Cool. That was probably the peak of her time in WWE, but I always thought she was gorgeous. She got a lot better as a worker as time went on. She was a girl that won the Diva Search back in 2006. 
So probably the longest tenured employee in WWE before she retired. And they weren't doing really much with her in recent years. I know she did the whole thing with Fondango last year, which was a train wreck of an angle. She was doing... Oh, she had like a brief alliance with AJ for a while in late 2013 that really went nowhere. She was Divas Champion for a while in 2012. And that was at a downtime in the Divas division where they weren't even on TV. Like, Raws would go by without Divas matches, let alone an appearance by the Divas Champion. It's like, what the fuck is going on? It was a weird time in the Divas division. Um, but yeah, always was a fan of Layla. Sad to see her go. Not too shocked, though. This came, like, shortly after it was announced that... Um, I don't know if they got married. I think they just got engaged. I don't even know. But Ricky Ortiz, who was, like, a guilty pleasure of mine back in the ECW days, in the newer ECW days, God forbid the original ECW... But um, the, the newer ECW, the Rally Up guy with the rally towel and stuff, he was always um, a fun guy. They got engaged. I think they got married this past week. I'm pretty sure they were already engaged. But anyway, regardless, I'm, per I'm pretty sure that played a factor in her retiring from the WWE just last week. So I'm going to miss her. I know she wasn't on TV anyway, so it's not a huge, it's not a major loss to the Divas Division. But as a Layla fan, I wish her the best in all her future endeavors. And um, look forward to seeing her hopefully make, you know, it, it would be cool if we got, like, one more match, one more storyline. Whatever happened to that kind of stuff? You know? Like, I don't remember back when Victoria retired from WWE. I think when she left, I don't know if it was already, I'm pretty sure it was already known that she was leaving the company. But I had the feeling, I had the feeling, like, when her last match happened, it was a big deal because they promoted it as her last match. And I, I don't know if the stipulation was if she lost, she had to leave. I know she faced Michelle McCool. And she kind of like turned baby face for a night so she could leave as a, as a baby face. And I don't know if she lost if she would have to leave. I don't remember exactly. But, you know, why not do stuff like that? She could still go. You know, I know she just got married, but they, they should have known ahead of time. I don't know if it was a last minute thing. I'm sure she was planning her retirement for a while now. But say if she loses to uh, Nikki Bella, she's gone from the Divas division. You know, something that simple gets heat on Nikki. Ha gives Layla one final match. You get a good match out of it. I see no reason why you can't do it. And those two women, you know, N Nikki Bella, the Bell Twins, along with Natalia, I think Rosa Mendez is now the longest tenured employee in the women division, which is ridiculous. I don't know why she's not gone already. I hate to see anyone have a job, but really, Rosa Mendez, she is awful. But the Bella Twins and Layla kind of came up together. I know that, you know, even the Bella Twins, they were on the Diva Search, maybe in in 2007, I don't know the exact season, but still, two years apart, they debuted in 08, she debuted in 06, and they had a lot of matches together, a lot of history together, and it would have been fitting if that was kind of the way they handled it, but that aside though, you can't change the past, and uh, happy, to see her that, happy to see that Layla is happy, and as I mentioned, best of luck to her in her marriage, and all the other future endeavors going forward. So, as we close off the show here, let me see how much time we got left. We are at the 47, 48 marks, so about the you know, 10 minutes plus that we have left here on the show. Ultima Lucha predictions, baby. Ultima Lucha on Wednesday nights. You're probably listening to this. If you're not listening to this, you know, afterwards, and if you're in the small minority of people that listen to the show before Lucha Underground, then you're lucky. Here are my Ultima Lucha predictions for Wednesday night. I am so excited. It's going to be such a great show. But the Gift of the Gods championship match, which is kind of like their version of Money in the Bank, they had this whole thing throughout the season where if you won the medallions, these ancient Aztec medallions, they didn't reveal the purpose up until just recently, but they said collect the medallions, be inserted into a match, they put each medallion into a large championship belt, and this title belt gives you the opportunity to contend for the Lucha Underground Championship at any time, any place. Um, you can cash it in whenever, but... You have to cash it in and give the champion one week's notice. That's kind of the distinct difference between that and Money in the Bank. I think Dario Cueto, their authority figure, made kind of like a little joke about the Money in the Bank. Like, you can't cash it in any time. We don't do that kind of stuff here. That's ridiculous. Really funny stuff. But anyway, the competitors in this match are Bengala, King Cuerno, Sexy Star, Big Rick, Jack Evans, Phoenix, and Aerostar. So you got a star-studded lineup here, and no pun intended, of a lot of guys who could kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm sure they're going to be all out of bubble gum. <laughs> Love you, Hot Rod. Um, by the time this matchup happens, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm sure this is no bold prediction, but I think the guy that makes the most sense here has to be um, Phoenix. You know, the guy that was feuding with uh, Mil, Mortes, Mil Mortes for many months leading to that 
um, uh, Day of the Dead match. What was it called? Uh, Grave Consequences. A great match. Uh, no, what was that? Was the first match, and the second match was the was the well, no, I think that was the second match. The first match was like the the Day of the Dead kind of thing. I forgot what it was called, but their two matches were awesome, and uh, they had a great feud going on. I, mean, I get the feeling that Mil Muertes is going to win the belt on this show. So um, then Phoenix will cash in. Maybe he cashes in at the end of the year, and they say they, they save it for the first episode of season two. Phoenix versus Mil Muertes. We, we still have to have that rubber match. And you have it over the Lucha Underground Championship. I see no reason why they can't do that. So I give the win here to Phoenix. Up after that, we got Johnny Mundo versus Alberto El Patron, who is both guys have been ripping it up in this promotion. These guys are amazingly talented, and I can't believe WWE did not do more with these guys. I know El Patron is a former WWE champion, and he got fired because of the racist comments. But even before that, they were doing nothing with that guy. For years, there was no excuse. I know he may not have been motivated, whatever, whatever. But he was so wasted. They, they just ruined that guy's momentum after he tapped out to Cena at the 2011 Net of Champions pay-per-view, which I still don't forgive WWE for. That, 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 that whole final hour of that show was probably the worst hour that I've ever seen for a pay-per-view as a fan. That was the shits um, in terms of booking decisions. But anyway, um, Mundo versus Patron. Here I got to go with El Patron. You know, easy pick here. He's been out for revenge after Mundo put him through the glass window at ringside, which was just stellar, which was just completely crazy. Um, and Johnny Mundo said in the recent podcast with Stone Cold, they have an awesome blow-off, um, an awesome payoff to that angle on the um, series finale, or the season finale, rather. Hopefully not the series finale. Um, at Ultima Lucha, so I look forward to seeing how they pay that off. And I've definitely got El Patron here, so I'm looking forward to what those guys put together on this show. After that, we got El Texano, Texano, Tejano, whatever, or Tejano, I believe it's called, or pronounced it as, versus Blue Demon Jr. Um, a few that kind of started out of nowhere, Blue Demon Jr. has never really done much for me. I know he was on the debut episode with Chavo, and he didn't do much for me. But uh, El Tejano has come a long way as the baby face. He's kind of like a natural heel, but he um, he is still very good. So I got to go with him here. Like I said, no real substance to that feud, but I'm sure the match will be good, and it wouldn't really make much sense to have the heel go over because El Tejano is kind of on the rise. So I give him the victory in this in this situation, um, in this you know theory, whatever, in this prediction. After that. We got Vampiro versus Pentagon Jr. in a Seattle Miedo match. Now I love. Pentagon Jr. That guy is badass. As badass of a wrestler as I've ever seen. That guy is just so awesome to watch. He is so great. Um, Vampiro is coming out of retirement for the first time in like what a decade or something. And I could see him give. I could see them giving him like the feel good win, especially if I predict Mil Mortes to win the main event. But I feel like it would be wrong. I mean, this is the same guy that had job out to Sexy Star not too long ago, so I guess I wouldn't be surprised. This was kind of a step up from that for you, that match. I'm sure it should be entertaining because these people desperately want to see Vampiro get his hands on um, Pentagon Jr. and finally kick his ass. I don't know what Sierra Miedo means. It's a, it means no fear in Spanish. Maybe it means like an I quit match. I have no idea. I guess we'll find out, but I feel like Pentagon Jr. should win here and he will win here. Because they mentioned it in a recent, you know, like previously on Lucha Underground. Um, but they said how, um, what was it? Oh, the whole Master storyline. They've been doing that storyline for months now. They're finally paying it off. They, they were waiting for the series finale where Pentagon Jr. answers to a higher power. And we're finally, hopefully, going to get the big reveal on this episode. And I feel like whoever the big master is will be revealed on this show and play a factor in the finish to this match. So I got Pentagon Jr. in his match against Vampiro. And then we get to the main event, Prince Puma versus Mil Muertes for the Lucha Underground Championship. I already kind of gave my prediction for this match. I already kind of said it. But my money is on Mil Muertes to win that title. Um, he's also a badass competitor, one of the guys that I really, really enjoy watching from this promotion. Him, Pentagon Jr. is my un undisputed number one favorite wrestler in Lucha Underground. But it's Pentagon Jr., Mil Muertes, Havoc and um, Ivelisse are all my favorites and uh, on this show. All those guys are great, along with Cage, too. He's really, really good. Um, but Mil Muertes, I think, is uh, he's been built up so much, it would be kind of a waste 
to for him to lose here. I mean, they can always give him a rematch down the line, but I think they should go off the uh, Lucha Underground crowning a new champion, the first ever title change in the history of that championship. We got a title change last week when the Disciples of Death won the trio's tag team titles. Um, but the title was born, I think, on the first Wednesday of twenty four uh, of twenty fifteen this past year. I didn't watch it live because I I don't watch Lucha Underground live to begin with. But um, I, I watched the episode the next day because it was on the same night that I went to the TNA show in New York City, whatever, whatever. But that was when the first ever Lucha Underground champion was crowned when Prince Puma beat Johnny Mundo, who we also would later beat in a the all-night-long match, which was so great. I love that match. But anyway, he's been champion since that period of time for the last seven months. That's crazy, and I think it's time for a, uh, for a title change here. So I'm going with Mil Mortes your new Lucha Underground champion. So that's going to do it for my predictions for Ultima Lucha on Wednesday night. Even if you've never seen this promotion before, I cannot praise it enough. Even if you read the reviews, you watch that video blog, and you listen to this right here, right now, and you've never seen the promotion yet, you're doing yourself a major disservice. Now, I'm not the kind of person to shove some things down people's throat like, um, like watch this, watch this promotion. Otherwise, you're a fool, like stuff like that, because... I know the feeling of, of that happening to me, and I don't like being like feeling forced to watch something, you know? So I'm not saying, you know, watch the promotion, otherwise you're not a real wrestling fan. Like, no, watch it just because it's fucking cool, and it, it's the greatest wrestling you'll ever see all week. And if you don't watch it, that's cool, because a lot of people just don't have the time, people can't find the websites to watch it on, they don't have the channel, on um, the L Ray Network. That's cool, all legitimate excuses, and that's totally fine, but... And I would recommend going back and watching at least a few episodes before watching the series finale, otherwise it's not going to mean as much. But, even if you're not watching for the great storylines, which are pretty awesome, by the way, you can watch for the amazing wrestling, and I think this show will bring that, um, and then some, in the form of these five matches and a two-hour special, which would be nothing short of stellar. So I'm very much looking forward to that on Wednesday night, tomorrow night, on the LRA Network. So let's see how much time we got here, how much time we got left. I'm pretty sure that's about it. Um, you know, mere minutes left, but Monday Night Raw, though, like I said, I watched this morning, a good show, and how rare is it that we get three good to great episodes of Raw in a three-week span? Like, the night after Battleground was good, you know, it was made good by that one brawl between Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. The following week, I thought was even better, because you had a lot of other great storylines going on, and a, a progression of a few other ones, and some really good wrestling, too, especially the main event between Cena and Rollins. You don't need me to tell you that, but that was an amazing main event between those two, probably one of, if not the best bout they've ever contested against, uh, against one another. And then this week was no different. You know, even watching it back, sometimes it's weird, because I watched Raw's back, and like I said, I, I still technically watch live for the first few minutes, and I just kind of tuned out, because the live stream was total shit. Um, not because of the live stream, just because my internet was so bad. But sometimes I watch Raws. If I can't watch it live, I'll sometimes I'll watch the first few minutes and I'll watch it back on DVD, DVR. And I'll get so bored and I'm like, wow, this show is awful. Like, I remember going on vacation to Virginia Beach um, back in August of 2010, almost exactly five years ago. And I couldn't watch Raw that night. There was no TV in the place that I stayed at. So I just watched it on, like, some website later on that night after the show already ended. And it was so painful to watch. That was the same episode. It was the post-SummerSlam show. It was the same show they did, like, this, the Nexus. Like, if you win, you're in matches. Like, Cena and Darren Young headline that night. And that's basically what the show was all about that night. And I was so bored by the end of it. Like, why did I watch... Why did I waste two hours of my life watching that show? And I was so terrible. Um, and I didn't get that feeling watching the show this week. I thought it was a pretty good show, and I enjoyed watching it, but... Probably the biggest highlight, other than the Roddy Piper tribute, like which I said before, was tremendous. You had a lot of pretty good to great stuff, but that opening match between Seth Rollins and Neville was freaking phenomenal. That was great stuff from those two. And it's amazing, too. It's the first official WWE title match, as I said on Twitter last night, or on, um, yeah, on Monday night. The first official WWE title match on Raw since the first Raw, wait for it, of 2013, two and a half years ago, over two and a half years ago, we've got a full, we've got a few false dawns since then. I know we were supposed to have a WWE title match tonight after WrestleMania, both last year and this year, and it never really technically happened. This year, though, we did get a WWE title match in the form of that that match 
for um, between CM Punk and Ryback, and we got it on Monday night, a real match. Seth Rollins picked up a clean win. Rollins looked phenomenal in defeat. That red arrow, that red arrow near fall was fantastic. He hit the red arrow, and it looked like he got the one, two, three. But Rollins, when he kicked his legs up to like when Neville was pinning him, in doing so, his leg got caught on the rope. So it was a rope break. It was one, two, rope break. It was crazy. Like for a second, I thought he was gonna win. Um, really, really good match and a good show overall. So not much in the way of a Raw review this week, but I will say if there's any one part of Raw to watch this week, it is undoubtedly that match between Rollins and Neville. That was off the charts. Just, I can't praise it enough. That was just tremendous, terrific stuff from Neville and Rollins. Cannot praise that stuff enough. But anyway, though, that's going to close out WrestleRant Radio this week. I hate to, you know, um... Start on a somber note with the Roddy Piper stuff, but I'd rather I, I'd much rather look at it like the Warrior would and other positive people would in the form of we're celebrating the life and career in the times of Rowdy Roddy Piper. Not mourning the death, but rather kind of celebrating his greatest moments and his greatest memories. And I would love to know what your guys' greatest memories are of the Hot Rod on Twitter at WrestleRant, on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash um, you can leave a comment here on this very post here on the website for WrestleRant Radio. And be sure to check out the rest of the website. My full written reviews of Raw and SmackDown, NXT, Lucha Underground. My final review of that promotion for right now anyway for Ultima Lucha will be up on Wednesday night or Thursday morning. So be on the lookout for that. And Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and everything else in between. And I think that's about it. I think that is about it. Like I said, next week, a full in-depth report. Um, in-person report, on-site report of the Northeast Wrestling Wrestling Under the Stars event that emanated from Lowell, Massachusetts and La Lucha Park. Not La Lucha. I think it was La Lucha or something like that. I, I knew someone with that kind of last name. I just never knew how to pronounce it. Um, a baseball park, the, the Lowell Spinners Park in Lowell, Mass. Really, really good show. I already talked about the experiences meeting the wrestlers. We'll talk about the matches next week and um, why you should buy the DVD on their website at northeastwrestling.com because it was that good of a show, people. Check it out. Indie Wrestling, support it. It's awesome. So that's next week. WrestleRant Radio is up every single Tuesday night, Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon. Stay on your feet because I'm always posting the episodes either late at night, early in the morning, during the day. You never know what you're going to get with me, guys. So just stay in tune. You know, um, Stay up to date on my Twitter and on my Facebook, and all that other kind of stuff. I'll keep you up to date. Man, I feel like there was one other announcement I was going to say for the end of the show. I'm pretty sure I've already said it like a million times. Oh, this is what it was. I'm looking at it right now. It might just hit me like a ton of bricks. SummerSlam, baby. 19 more days. 19 more days from when I record this. we got 20 minutes left in the day. Um, I'm recording this. I'm finishing this up at 11.42, but... From this very moment, anyway, 19 more days until WWE SummerSlam 2015. Like, as I've said a million times before, I will be in attendance for and I cannot wait. WWE actually put out a lot of merchandise for SummerSlam. We already have so much merchandise as it is. I spent a whole shitload of money at that indie show on Sunday. Which, rightfully so. I got to meet so many great guys. But I'm going to be holding on to my money for a while. i got to use it on the travel for that show. So I'm not going to be blowing in any SummerSlam shirt. Um, I might buy a Hot Rod shirt. That's another story. But anyway... Um, this show has been uh, dedicated to the life and times and the memory of the Hot Rod Baby. Heaven, as mentioned earlier, got a lot rowdier this past weekend with the passing of the Hot Rod. And uh, we love you, baby. Hopefully we'll see you on the other side someday. So on that note, guys, thank you for listening. Above all else, thank you for tuning in every single week, listening to this show, supporting it. And be sure to spread the word. We need to have more people be aware of this very podcast, this radio show a lot of cool stuff in the works for WrestleRant Radio in the weeks to come. We got next week and the week after that should hopefully be a SummerSlam panel, prediction panel, with not one, not two, not three, not four, but five, if I can get lucky here. Five different guys. Um, we got Arden Franklin, John Knapp, RJ Marceau, and Mike Yoder should all be on the podcast on that Tuesday. If everything works out, mind you, for a huge prediction panel, um, it's going to be awesome. So we got a lot of great stuff on tap for the rest of WrestleRant Radio. I'm looking forward to the rest of the summer. 2015 has been a, a crazy year with the passing of so many legends, but also a great year for me personally and wrestling-wise. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes in the future. 
So this is that, guys. I mean it this time. I've already kind of said goodbye like on multiple occasions, but this is it. Again, thank you for tuning in. Spread the word of this show. And I'll be back next Tuesday with an all-new episode of WrestleRant Radio. So until then, guys, have an awesome week, and I'll catch you folks next Tuesday. <laughs>